I'm Kendall Ratliff. I believe that you can change your life by trying one thing at a time. You can learn more at my website, tryonething.co, or by tuning in to the Help NSFW podcast. And I'm Johnny Fairplay, reality TV, well, uh, survivor. And throughout my adventures, I've met a lot of interesting and motivating characters. Johnny and I made this podcast because we want you to unlock your full fucking potential. So whether you want to get a little more badass or a lot more badass, strap in. Join us here each week. It's Help NSFW. Yay. Hi. Hello. Hi. I'm Johnny. That's Kendall. And of course, we are joined by the awesome Kelly Vandenberg. Hi. Some of you may know her as Roxy Scarmichael, the toughest of the roller derby uh, uh, vets uh, here on planet Earth. Uh, Kelly. Yes. I love you. It's me. I love you too. It's it's been too long. I know. Uh, this is a companion piece to last week's podcast. Yeah. We, we had Lex, uh, who is Kelly's husband, yeah. uh, who some of you may know from Survivor, but I don't think we said the word Survivor the entire fucking podcast last time, oh, which, which, was, so. which was great. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit more than Survivor to me now. <laughs> yeah. So, and, uh, but, so, but we wanted to, like, I've known you guys for years now, and, and uh, I, I think that, I, I think, it's obvious you guys complete one another, but I, I feel that that we needed to have you to complete the story because you are such a huge part of of Lex's life as as uh, he is to yours. <laughs> yeah, Mary and, is that. <laughs> and, and your story is 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 just as incredible, if not more incredible. Sorry, Lex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I've gone through many things in my life, so ask me. I'm- yeah, I'm so I'm so I was I was telling Kelly before we started. Um, I'm so excited to talk to her because we share something in common. Um, we have autism spectrum in our family. My oldest brother has autism spectrum, and um, Kelly's oldest son does. And I think we share a little bit similar history in in misdiagnosis and and struggling to find the answer. Um, so I'm so excited to talk to you about that. And then reading some other stuff about you that I can't wait to ask about. But uh, <laughs> let's let's start with autism because Lex mentioned that, that I think you got some answers you didn't like early on in your son's journey and you were like, fucking no, hang on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they said, first they said autistic and retarded, like it was a package deal. Back when that and word was, was medical, like, he yeah. Is, he is not retarded. I, I'll show you. And I just yeah. did mad research and... I figured out he was probably more Aspergery than, but they call it different. It was pervasive, de- de- uh, pervasive development delay. That's what it was called. Okay. And then later on, it turned into Aspergers, and then now it's, you know, just on the spectrum. And I had to learn like a whole new language Ooh, and a, an ability to teach him things that. I would probably just learn naturally, but he needed it. He needed a new, me to speak his language to explain it to him. Mm. Does that make sense? Oh, it totally does. God, there's so much to go into here. Um, just you, you mentioning those acronyms. I asked my, I have my brother's consent to say that he's on the spectrum, and I asked him, "Is it okay if I say that?" And then I said, I don't even know how I'm supposed to say it anymore because we used to just say Asperger's in my family. And he was like, I think they call it autism spectrum disorder now, but they yeah. always change the phrases. So like, I don't know, call it whatever you want um, because he just has this like 
cool nonplussed way of describing things. So for now it's autism spectrum. Right. Maybe the phrases will change again. Yes. So, I mean, what do you want to know my story being a mom raising him or I got more, this is more personal to me than you. So <laughs> going back to the doctors and I think it is very hard to disagree with a doctor. I don't know that most people find it to be an option. It, 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 they know more than us a lot it's, of it's times, right? Stanford. Oh, oh, so a Stanford doctor. So like the really smart ones. So yeah, what was it that made you think, I don't agree with them? And, and how did you even believe that? That's hard. That was big. Oh, it was hard. It was a hard ride home. But we went to Stanford and... It was nap time for Corbin. He sat and observed him for like 20 minutes, you know, mm. and he was all eggy and, you know, didn't want to do the things they asked him to do. And so, and then that was it. I got this big diagnosis right after that. And I'm like, that's, that's not him. Like on any other yeah. day, just acting like that because he's tired and whatever. Mm. So I didn't believe it. All this stuff, you know, I learned a lot about autism and that spectrum because when you first hear about it, you think of like Rain Man, right? Mm -hmm, like on sure. the other side. And he wasn't like that. So then I noticed the patterns. Once I learned more about it, you know, like he would stack trains, you know, like all had to be in a straight order. Mm -hmm. Did your brother do that? Like he's 10 years older than me. So I don't know what he did when he was a kid kid. Uh, how old is he? He's, yeah. I'm 34, so he's 44. 44. So um, can I ask you a question? Yeah, yeah please. <laughs> um, is he, did he ever date and does he have friends? He does. <laughs> he's smoking me in both categories. Um, he and his girlfriend <laughs> have been together for over 10 years. Um, they live in different towns, so they, they take different transportation to see each other. Um, <laughs> yeah, God, he's doing really well in long-term relationships. I could learn something. Um, and, um, a lot of his friends he met through the Richmond Autism or the Autism Society of Virginia. Some official organization had a weekly support group and a lot of his friends are from that support group. And so they're all on the spectrum and, um, like he'll have an annual, um, what's the big football game? That people get excited. Super Bowl. Yeah, Super Bowl. <laughs> wow. Sports ball. She's a big fan of sports, sports ball. ball. I love all the sports balls. Um, especially the ones with the good commercials with the frogs. Um, so yeah, he'll have an annual uh Super Bowl game. And I think that is a great example of knowing a diagnosis for someone does not tell you all of who they are as a person exactly. because all his friends being in a room, they're all fucking different people. Yeah. They happen like, to be all very loud yeah. when they're together, but <laughs> this asshole is very, sorry. This motherfucker is very loud too. Yeah. And like, he's just Johnny. So anyway, yeah, he's, he's friends dating, doing great. Well, that's great. Like Corbin is more, he's anti, anti-social. He doesn't have a lot of friends. He has friends from high school that he messages mm. and stuff, but he doesn't really hang out with anybody, but that's his preferred status you know like he, oh well and it's fine it was really hard for me because i have a lot of friends and i thought he was mm. missing out on something but to him it was probably more of a hassle to go out and seek people you know to be friends and have that conversation back and forth so he just chooses to be you know with us which is fine 
mm-hmm. and just living his life. I know he likes Johnny a lot. Oh. <laughs> the feeling is mutual. <laughs> yeah, so he can have conversations, um, usually about history or stuff he really knows about and likes about, but I think it would be hard for him to have a long conversation about with somebody else talking about something he's not interested in. Does that make sense? It, it totally does. Um, <laughs> I just feel thing- like I'm rambling. And so, sorry, we have a gnat in here. <sighs> That's going to be a thing. Um, <laughs> so when I, when I talk to my brother, my brother also really loves history. And so something he loves history and just information and knowledge in general, and he reads a ton. So what I love is if I get interested in something new, I can just bring it up to my brother and, you know, like I got into Hamilton. It was before a lot of people were talking about Hamilton. So I said, oh, I I like this new musical. And he said, well, this has really put Lin-Manuel Miranda on the map. (laughs) I was like, oh, great. Like, I don't have to prep you for my interest. You're just ready to talk. Yeah. And I got the history of what actually happened and the whole period piece and how Hamilton was not right. Like it was not accurate in the history (sighs) So. Oh, see, then you don't have to read those articles yourself and you can just then have the cocktail conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think that's great about the, you know, it is so easy and typical to look at anything like autism, Asperger's autism spectrum <laughs> from the, um, like the deficit point of view and looking at it from the assets point of view. It's, it's interesting conversations. It's honest, pure honesty. I fucking <laughs> like that. So I remember my brother, he um, started going to a church a couple of years ago that he really likes. And I remember before he was, I remember talking about him with church, about him, about church and liturgy with him. And one of the things he said he didn't quite like about church was how touchy it was. And right. I, that just fucking gave me permission to acknowledge that. I do not like shaking hands with people at church. I don't like, I'm really good with everyone sitting and looking ahead. I don't need us to like have, have a a break where we, we get up in each other's space. And it's like, he's just being honest about something that bothers a lot of us. And we don't give ourselves permission to be honest about. Like one of the classic things um, in my experience with Corbin is he'd be mad because his brother took something away from him. Right. And then he would hit him. Mm. And then you do the whole mother thing. Well, you need to say you're sorry mm. for hitting him. That's not the right way to act. And he's all, but I'm not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do with that? You're like, okay, well, next time, try not to do that. But it is. So he's honest. Yeah. And, but I love him. I, I think he's hilarious. I, you know, he's one of my favorite people. <laughs> yeah. So I want to talk about roller derby. Yeah. I mean, how, like, for, for those of you that are on the younger side of our demo, and uh, we're hitting all demos because, I mean, that's how awesome we are. Uh, roller derby at one time was, like, one of the biggest sports in, in America. I mean, like, I mean, it was, you know, prime time, you know. Right. Weekend time slots. I mean, like the the T Birds, Little Ralphie Valadares was was a household name at one time. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we had a, we had a small resurgence uh, back in uh, I I, I want to say uh, the late eighties, early nineties with roller games, but uh, uh, and and then you know uh, uh, the 
uh, what was what was the the roller derby movie? Whip it. Whip it. Oh right. Yeah. So, but throughout all that, we got Roxy Scarmichael laying laying in some pain. Hey. Walk uh, us through how does this begin, and 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 tell us about this this incredible ride. I mean, because you are you are a roller derby badass. Um. Uh, well, thank you. I think I was, but um, it was right around. There was a TV show called Roller Girls, and I was in my forties, so early forties maybe. And I'm watching the show, and I think, God, I would totally love to do that. Now, their derby is bank-tracked, but I played with flat track. It's different. Yeah. Um, so watching that and seeing all of the culture, well, I want to do that. And then I went to Starbucks, and I see the sign, Roller Derby wants you. Oh. So this woman from Washington was bringing, starting up. She was on the Rat City Roller Girls in Seattle. And she wanted to start a league here in Santa Cruz. And so I'm like, oh, well, that looks like fun. Let's see what happens. So my friend and I actually tried to get in, but it was like past the, the deadline for new recruits. You know, so they, this is a long story. Um, That's good time. <laughs> so we started, you know, we just started practicing, me and my friend, and, like, I lost, like, 30 pounds, and I was all muscly, and it was awesome, and I started, I felt really good about myself, I felt like I had a new purpose, because at that point, you know, my kids were grown, like, they were in high school, and mm. not really needing my assistance, mm. so I'm like, I'm gonna do this, and I, like, found myself again, I found Kelly and this new Roxy person, and... It was so much fun. And part of the fun when starting a league is just like skating around town, you know, in your skimpy little shorts and putting up flyers or going to bars and just, you know, to spread the word of Derby. So it was a couple years skating before we actually played a bout. A bout is a game. Mm -hmm. So once you join Roller Derby and you start playing, when you get knocked down on your ass, it's either going to be, nope, not for me, or hell yeah, I'm going to get that bitch, you know? And okay. I, hell yeah. Walking the road. So, <laughs> you know, I played for a few years. I had a lot of injuries because mm. I also had a kidney disease. And that makes your bones brittle. And so my kidneys were failing in that phase. I was going through menopause and playing roller derby. So I broke my ankle off, literally off. <laughs> And I had to have an ankle replacement, but I had to have two of the ankle replacements because the first one didn't work. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. It's I thought they were just really attached. Yeah, well, mine just broke off. It's, whoa. <laughs> so. Wow. And it's it looks, I have a monster foot, and that took a couple years to recover from. Oh, and right before that, I tore my ACL, and I had to get that, had surgery for that. Good gracious. And, you know, it was just like healing and then playing and then getting hurt. And, you know, it was, it was wonderful. Of course, sometimes it was really gossipy and stuff like that. There's the girl, you know, edge, but it was just so fun to play. And you finally figured out, I'm going all over the place, huh? <laughs> you kind of figure out why, like, I never understood why dudes in football would be all, and, 
you know, get all mm -hmm. beefy with each other. And then when you have that adrenaline, like you, like you just fucking slayed it. I got it. It's like, you're just like, you. Yeah. So I recommend playing roller derby or roller skating to everybody, no matter what your age is. And just try not to fall down. Wear wrist guards. So you don't. Hair. That's, that's where I am. Break yeah. your arm. <laughs> So do you feel like you found a, a different part of yourself by doing this? Oh yeah, I felt I felt like not Lex's wife from Survivor and not Corbin and River's mom, you know, is yeah. all me and all my dedication towards it and to make it successful. We used to have lines around the block to see us play. And it was amazing to see that final fruit of all our hard work and playing games. And then of course it changed from Santa Cruz roller girls to Santa Cruz Derby girls. Cause then Derby girls was a nonprofit organization. Mm. So before that it was kind of like pay to play. Mm. So this, we raised a bunch of money for all different kind of charities. And oh, so like kicking ass for a cause. Exactly. And it was amazing and a big production. And then later on, Derby got a little less of the showy, sexy kind of roller girl. And it's now just more like athlete sports, which is fine. Mm, right. you know, the costuming and stuff is also was really fun. But then it just changed over the years, the different rules, because it's pretty basic rules. Mm -hmm. And then people were finding ways to go around the rules. And it, it just... I don't think it was meant to be as big as it got. Yeah. So you seem pretty fearless. You've got this bright pink hair, tattoos. <laughs> you're you're playing roller derby, which is there's a lot of lot of bruising in that sport. And then you're doing it even though you've got a disease that weakens your bones. You you seem fearless. Do you, is that an accurate word for you? I don't feel like I'm fearless, but I once I put my mind to something that I want to do, I'm going to do it. It's okay. Like, I put that in pretty much all of my aspects in life, like, mm -hmm. like, uh, needing rock, rock bands. You know, I'm really good at getting backstage. Like, wait, what? <laughs> How do you do that? How do you do that? Well, it's harder now that I'm older, but before. Is this about know, tits? Huh? Is this about tits? No. Oh, about okay. Knowing, watching and knowing what to say. So Ooh, you just start okay. walking backstage and you pretend like you're on the phone with, I don't know, David Grohl, right? <laughs> you're all, I was going to bring it around like three. Is that going to be good? And you pretend he answers you because you're on your cell phone. And, all right, and you just keep talking and going right past the security guards and they don't, you know, you just act like you belong there and then you're there. I, I fucking I love that. Because there's like a subreddit that I follow that's just like people with clipboards and it's just people telling stories yeah. of what they've gotten away with because they're just holding a clipboard. Exactly. <laughs> and it, going out with Johnny, like he'll, um, he'll ask for things. He'll, he'll, we've talked about this. Johnny doesn't mind making an ask and <laughs> right. he doesn't always get yes, but it's, I've decided that part of it for him is he doesn't take a no personally. And so it makes it easier for him to just make big asks. I'm, I'm working on developing this skill. So y'all have both got really different orientations towards like, well, let me just see if I can make this happen. I, mean, I think it's very inspirational. You got to ask for forgiveness, not permission. 
Absolutely. And pretend like you're talking to Dave Grohl on your phone. <laughs> yeah. Like you're what's what's the what's the gutsiest thing then that you've gotten away with that you're like, holy shit, they bought it. Well, there's a stadium. Is it a stadium? No, it's an amphitheater. And it was kind of like there's all different tricks to like there's the meet and greet pass and then there's like blocks. It's so we thought of it as like a video game. <gasps> <laughs> you had to get past these first two blocks to get <laughs> to the real backstage and get on stage and watch. Like, and that was always fun, just just to see what I could get away with. Yeah. You know? And I almost always landed up getting in the back backstage. And God. You know, it's just, I don't know. Like, you just <sighs> act like you belong because they're just people. They're not any I mean, better than me. Great point. <laughs> I, my, one of my goals this summer um, for Hot Girl Summer is to sneak into a conference, which, you know, I mean, it's, it's a lot like a rock concert, right? <laughs> it's, it's not, but, um, let, you know, let. Uh, audibly less, but otherwise. <laughs> but yeah, I want to see if I can sneak into a conference. So if you can get backstage on like actual concerts, I I have no excuse not to try this. And I think I should upgrade it to I should try and sneak into being a speaker at a conference. Why not? <laughs> like, see if they take the mic from me. Do they use lanyards? Like, yes, okay. most of them. But oh, get some. Okay, no. oh, just to and have where from. Just and my own lanyard yeah okay don't make okay. a fake one because they won't but just make sure you have something on a necklace and <laughs> okay <laughs> just act like you're supposed to go in the room now if they are collecting you like if you have to meet one-on-one -on -one with somebody to get in now that's harder because then they're going to ask for proof and you don't really yeah. have it but okay, if it's that... busy and you just want to just keep walking you can just keep walking, walking, and that'll be, excuse me, excuse me. And then if you get past a certain point, you're fine. So just try. Oh, that just makes sense. The one thing that worries me is dress code because I went to one conference that I thought the dress code was wear a suit. So that's what I wore. And it turns out the dress code was, I'm going to say, elementary school art teacher. Oh. <laughs> so, but that might just be a thing that I can research. I like research. So that's fine. I'll do my research. I'll get a lanyard and. Let's try it. I mean, the worst thing that can happen is you don't get in. Yeah, and then you know, I just won't go to a conference, which that's also fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, circling back real quick to the uh, roller derby, how'd you come up with the name Ro Roxy Scarmichael? Well, actually, Lex and a and his friends figured it out for me. Well, I first wanted to be Annabelle Lecter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but there was someone over playing in San Jose, which is over the hill for me. Um, it was Hannah Bell. And so I couldn't use it because she already registered her name. And but she ended up changing it anyway. But then son of a bitch. Yeah, I was just like, oh. And then the second one was Roxy Scarmichael from the movie Roxy Carmichael. Yeah. Right. So I just did it. <laughs> Michael. I love it. I yeah. love it. I mean, it's just badass. Yeah, and you kind of like become this persona, you yeah. know. And people like want your autograph and stuff. And I was just like, 
right. <laughs> you know, so you have to figure out how Roxy would sign, you know. Is, is, is it, I'm, I'm thinking it's very jagged. I'm all. <laughs> so I'm thinking for my conference hopping thing, I'm going to make a persona because that totally makes sense. Like have like you you created a thing to inhabit. So I'm going to make a I'm going to make a persona for sneaking into conferences. OK, it's fine. I'll follow up with myself later. Um, yeah, I think the clipboard idea is good. Clipboard strong. Clipboard. I can. Clipboard strong. When I'm storing it, I can clip my lanyard into it, and then my conference crashing gear will all be in one place. Yeah, there you go. And and your ear. Hold on, your ear. What are those called? Like a like an earpods, <laughs> or whatever it is. Hold on, I'm gonna hang up on those people, or it's just gonna go. Okay. Anyway, so yes. All right, so <laughs> yes, we we did the roller derby. Yes. And we we had some injuries because of uh because of our kidneys. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to we need kidneys. Yeah, that was uh, I have polycystic kidney disease. My mom had it. My grandmother had it. It's hereditary. My kids have it. My brother has it. And it's not uncommon if you want to look it up. Polycystic kidney disease. And what happens is your kidneys and your liver and sometimes other parts of your body get cysts on them. And you get so many cysts that it covers your entire kidney and makes it not work. So you need either dialysis or a transplant. Mm. I was lucky enough, I asked just, it's really hard to ask, you know, like, sure. hey, so can I have your kidney? You know, if that's- you're not using it, come on, pony yeah. up. So I put it out there in the world on, social media just one time like the big ask yeah and i had more people wanting to be a donor than they'd ever seen it's oh wow so that was pretty amazing and luckily it was josh was the first one and he was my match perfect match and he donated my kidney josh i met through kind of survivor he Notice that one they used to put their favorites like foods or whatever, like somebody likes Snickers and got them for life. I don't know. Yeah. Like early uh, like Lex got Yoohoo. Yeah. And Lex does Yoohoo. And so uh this you, guy, you, on, on your on your CBS.com bio, mm -hmm. you list your favorite. So like right. oh, okay. 2003 I listed Paps Blue Ribbon. And so Paps hit me up. They're just like, what do you want? Right. And so they, they sent me, and then like I said, my favorite show was uh, uh, Mr. Show with Bob and David, Bob Odenkirk, who is, is the lead on Better Call Saul. And uh, my favorite book was Whatever Happened to Mr. Show. Uh, I have the autographed copy right over there. Uh, Bob Odenkirk and David Cross and, and Naomi Odenkirk, uh, Bob's wife, sent me an autographed book. Is like, read and learn, asshole. You kill me, goddammit. <laughs> and, and, and they sent to CBS, and like it took forever to get it because they were just like, yeah, we have to check everything. Like, uh, they're, like over 10 people sent feces to CBS, attention oh. to Johnny Fairplay. Because oh. <laughs> So they're just like, you know, like they get the bed. They're like, please don't be shit. Please don't be shit. Please. And they're like, oh, it's a book. It's a real thing. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's a, well, this shit was real. Well. <laughs> but, but yes. So, but, uh, but, but Lex listed Yoohoo okay. and got a shitload of Yoohoo. And these really cool jackets and with our names on them. I mean, 
Josh went above board. Like he just drove up in this really cool. No, that was a different time. He drove up in this van and just started unloading just all of this Yuhu stuff, like tons of oh, a you know, guy in a van with snacks, but it wasn't a predator this time. <laughs> it was just a, a good person that you were yeah. destined to have in your life and in your body, it sounds yeah. like. And he you, the, you know, and we invited him in and I think he stayed the night and he's like, what's up with these creepy people? But he didn't. He We just got along so well and ever since. Um, well, now we're connected. I have his boy part in me, so yeah, yeah, he's inside you. So, yeah. so it's very central. The the big reveal was was at uh, right, yeah. right. Um, Lex was taking me on this tour of uh, the Giants play, and I think it was AT and T Park back then. Anyway, um, we go. I love the Giants. I love love. You know, San Francisco Giants. For any, for anyone that's listening and not watching, uh, fuck the New York Giants. We're talking about a real giant team, the, the first place team. Right, <laughs> the, and this is baseball, right? This is this is baseball of the sports ball variety. Okay. All yes. right. right, yep, that's the one you with your yeah. Yeah, I'm an avid fan. So they take me to the park, and I thought there was going to be a group. Oh, Adobe, where Lex works. Uh, is one of their sponsors. So I thought it was all part of this Adobe thing, but nobody else was there. It was just us. And then our friend Kelly Castro had his camera and I'm like, what's he going to take pictures of? That's so weird. They're not playing. We're just yeah. an empty place. So they take me around. I see the trophies of all the world series they won and just putting it in there. And we go out to the field, which is amazing for me because I've never been i've walked around the field but i've mm. been able to go to like to the dugout and anyway i look out and i look at the big jumbotron and it says kelly i know you're a giants fan but you're gonna have a royals kidney oh which is josh's favorite baseball team and then i'm all what like i didn't know he was going to be my donor at that point and so that's how i found out Oh, so you got it on a jumbotron? That is so cool. Is that the coolest? I mean, like, I... it was so amazing, so amazing. I have a picture of it somewhere. Yeah, I mean, paper. like, and, and so now she she has to because part of her body urges it on. She has to root for Kansas City in addition to San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, I did, and they played here against the A's, and unfortunately, they did not win. But you know, if they ever. I hope there's never a, again a World Series with Kansas City and the Giants because that's going to be hard. Yeah, two houses against itself. Yeah, for your body. Right. Well, now I know a <laughs> trivia fact that Kansas City has a baseball team and that it's called the Royals. So I, I appreciate that. There you go. Sports ball. <laughs> it's really hard for sports information to stick in my head. Um, <laughs> so that story's so cool. I think I was reading an article about you that that talked about that story, and you said that you were really surprised that your husband got this one over on you because yeah. normally your gut tells you when something is off. Right. So can you tell us more about this gut instinct that you have? How do you recognize it? How do you know when your gut is telling you something? You just know. It's kind of like, it's not comparing to Lex's gut on Survivor. That's a whole nother mm. thing. <laughs> but you just knew. Usually I can look at a present he gave me, got me, 
and I'll know what it is. Like, I just know. I don't know why. It's just weird. Yeah. And I'll always know when something's off because I know him so well. Mm. Mm. He'll be acting weird and he was fine. But mm-hmm. I didn't pick up on it. It was amazing. And I didn't see Josh or, you know, tell he the big reveal and he came running out. And I was in the cast, my leg cast still from my foot. Sure, that time you lost your ankle, yeah. Mistake was to get up and run, you know, and I did that and realized I can't. Fuck my surgeons! I will run on this cast. Is it hard or what? Rebel, no, but it was amazing. And even the day we did the transplant, it was we had a great time, you know. Oh sure, I've no, I've heard that about transplants. I've heard it's it's really fun, <laughs> like definitely a well, great time. <laughs> well, I always look on that side. I mean, okay, sucked, but you know, it was easy for Josh. I recommend everybody be a donor at least on their driver's license. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so simple. He was better in two weeks. It took me quite a bit longer, but he was fine. Like mm-hmm. he had li- a little bit of pain, like the first week, and then that was it. So that's incredible. Being a kidney donor, or any kind of donor, isn't as hard as you think it might be. When we have two kidneys, so you can be living to donate your. I mean, Josh is still with us, right? Yeah, he, he was on Wheel of Fortune a few weeks ago. Oh, great! So he can even like lift his arm up and stuff. He's no, not- he doesn't spin. No, he does spin on Wheel of Fortune. You get to yeah, the speed. You can spin. He's yeah, you spend your games are hard for me. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, the wheel was not kind to Josh, unfortunately. So that that mentality you have of just like being positive and seeing the bright side, did you have to grow that in yourself? Like, did you have to learn how to be that way, or is, or is it more natural? I think I was always that way because mm. it's just easier, you know. Like people, just like an example for Lex sitting on the phone for four hours, and I knew he was pissed and like mm, I had mm, mm. the person that was going to answer the phone and they just kept reminding me like they have a shitty job and they probably don't get paid mm. as much as they deserve and it's not their fault you know that you're on hold for four yeah. hours just the system of delta and <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you have a lot of empathy because what you just said about seeing it from the other, the customer service person side, and then even about getting backstage, you said that you try to think about what does the person need to hear? Like, to me, that is just, that is empathy. That is like other people orientation. Like you were picking up on or, or intentionally trying to figure out what other people are experiencing. Is, do you yeah. think that's accurate to you? Do I what? What's do you that? think that's accurate that you're, you're yeah. an empathetic person? Yeah, I think so. I mean... It's always better to be kind than to be a dick. You know, it's just—it's so easy. So some of us are learning that the hard way. <laughs> it's not Kendall; it's me. Because <laughs> you're one. I find it hard to be actively kind. I would like to be left alone by myself in my room, and often you have to be kind. Right. Oh, well, like energy. I, you seem you're kind to me. You could go, man. You're boring. Like who cares? You know, you're nice and you ask great questions. And oh, look so, that's Thanks. Kelly just makes people better. Yeah, I can see. Yeah. Oh. I don't even want to know what Lex was like before she met Lex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he'll try to tell you he was like the big owned by none. 
single guy and tough. He's just a puppy. He was so <laughs> he's so sweet and loving and so other people see the drummer and Kelly sees the puppy. I love it. Well, I saw the drama first. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not be confused. Yeah. Um, but he's just sweet. Drum those sticks all over the place. No shirt. Let's go. Sweat <laughs> flying. Mm. And then Johnny, you know, he always comes off as a big asshole, you know, on TV. And he's as sweet as can be. At least he always been to me. So. I'm trying to work again, Kelly. You're killing it. <laughs> You're killing the stick. You say it's easier to be kind than to be a dick, but he has capitalized on being a dick pretty well. So it's like, eh, eh, eh. yeah, it's, di you, it's difficult being a dick. I assure you. <laughs> but if you sit down, hard to be hard. Conversation. He's a wonderful person. So. Okay, so you're a very kind person. <laughs> Do you get taken advantage of? Mm -mm. Well, shit! I, uh, what are you doing right? I do not settle for bullshit. You know, I just there's no time for that. You know, they just okay, yeah. That's it. There's no time for that. I mean, that makes sense as a as something that would inform both be kind and you're not going to treat me badly. Exactly, and it's up to you. You know, if you someone shows you who they are the first time you meet them, right? You've heard that, hmm. and it's true. You know, if you've heard about this person, you know, being like just a, a liar or like a really bad friend, and then they're all of a sudden they're being nice to you, you just like figure it out. Like all these people are saying this, it's probably true, but I will always, on the other hand, I'll give someone the benefit of the doubt, but once you fuck me over, you're dead to me. So you, so you don't have a problem with boundaries? No. Um, yeah. I think that's so important. I think I think it is very for people that don't naturally like have that ability to sort, like it seems that you do, I think it can be very hard to balance like, well, how can I be kind but also not enabling people to treat me like shit or take from me? Well, you act kind, you know, and if someone is not kind back to you, ooh, they're really not worth your time. But every day if I see somebody um, this could fall into that part of what I recommend people should do. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, give them a compliment or like we used to paint rocks. I know everyone does that now, but we used to paint rocks and put them all around the neighborhood, you know, mm -hmm. like, like you're loved or you're awesome. And, mm -hmm. you know, when someone finds that they're going to be stoked, but you also, I do, I guess you have a, a little bit guarded because of the whole survivor fame part that I let people into my life that were just survivor fans and not mm. that that's anything wrong with that. Mm -hmm. it's, I don't know if every spouse has as much contact with fans as I do. Okay. Yeah. You, you, were, you were, you were like, survivor royalty i mean like okay. like, like if, if you knew lex you knew kelly like it mm -hmm. wasn't like i mean you know like some some survivors you you don't know their their better half uh lex was was on an early season survivor and you know they were doing you know follow-up specials you know where are they now and 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 the family was being brought and and, and showcased mm -hmm. and you know 
you see Kelly and, and you know, it, it's, it's just a marvel to the eyes. It's like, ooh, this is, I want to meet this person. This, this person, like, <laughs> likes look cool. This person looks just as cool. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, so I, I feel like of the of the Survivor fandom, you know, of, of mm. all the wives, you're probably number one. Well, probably not anymore, but at least I just was shocked that people wanted, I didn't know if they were getting me to get to Lex. There's one person that has done that, how I accidentally gave Lex's cell phone number to because I thought he knew this person. Mm. And that was that was uh that wasn't right. I never should have gave the number or mm. the person shouldn't have attended that they actually knew him. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. been kind of a boundary for me, learning lesson. So I like I said, I give everybody the benefit of the doubt, and yeah. well, most people are just fine, but there's a few. So, so let's talk about. So, you had the kidney transplant, but your timing kind of sucked, donkey dick, because soon afterwards the world is introduced to COVID mm, and the quarantine, and you guys have been quarantined up and and pretty much still now, right? Absolutely. Um, people with tra- got tr- kidney transplants and probably other transplants, we all take these medications every day to keep our kidney in our body. We don't, you know, we don't right. want to reject it. So when I got the COVID vaccination, I got, you know, both shots, Madeira, Madar- what is it called? Moderna. And yeah. I did an antibody test about a month after my second shot or a little longer than a month and I have no antibodies. It didn't work on me. So, and most kidney patients are transplant patients. It doesn't work on. So mm-hmm. we're back to lockdown again. Mm. And you know, it's a drag. It's a drag for Lex because he has to be a little bit more careful than everybody else. But mm. like, I, what else can I do? I get out and I walk and I've noticed the beautiful flowers that are growing in our neighborhood that I never saw before. Oh, wow. Like you see, you get to see things. It's different. Yeah. Now, I love concerts and one of my favorite band, Cracker and Camper oh. Van- Beethoven are playing and I'm sad. I can't go see them. You know, she, she, she went with me to go see Cracker when you hooked us up with oh, the tickets. Yeah. Oh, you're the one. You're the one. Okay. <laughs> I went. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. I rarely say yes to things, but I said yes to that. And I had a great time. So thank you. Got me out of my comfort zone. They're playing in Virginia Beach. I don't know how far away that is, but. About four hours. No. Well, they're playing again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, what was I saying? Oh, I can't do some of the things I would really want to do. But, you know, I will be able to do them at some point. So. Yeah. What, 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 what kind of timetable are you looking at? I mean, like, do, do you have to redo the COVID shot or what? Uh, it's not going to work for me. I guess there's some things they're working on, but it's, I don't know why I would have to still get it if knowing it didn't work the first mm-hmm. time. But there's no, you know, once COVID's over, which I don't think it's ever going to be, I'm going to have to be careful. Right. So, okay. But I guess it's the same for the flu, though. Like. I've had the flu and it ended, I ended up in the hospital. So gotcha. I should wear a mask, you know, 
And hopefully that's the thing that sticks around. You know, we don't yeah. need to be up in each other's faces during flu season, just like we don't need to be touching in church. Right. Exactly. In my opinion. But I will touch you if you have the flu. No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there's, so you seem very positive. Again, like your empathy and your kindness, is this a natural setting for you or something you've had to cultivate? I think it's just how I've always been. Do you think that has a role in health? Do you, are you around a lot of other people that like have kidney disease or, or anything else like that? Do you see a difference that mindset and positivity makes? Um, well, yes, my mom had it and when she had it, you know, she, she does, she was divorced, she was unhappy and she was super negative at that point. Like when I was in high school Mm. and, um, I just didn't want to be like that. You know, I just, I, it was easier for me to try to make things positive than wallow and get stuck in negativity. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? And yeah, so I can thank my mom (laughs) for that, I guess. I mean, she was a great person, but she was really sad for a long period of time and sick, really sick. Mm. She, she got a a kidney donor from like a motorcycle accident guy. Mm. It was her first kidney transplant. And then her second one she got from my Aunt Roz, her sister. So she was pretty sick my whole life. So been negative. I would I guess you know you can be one way or the other, you know. Well then I think you should give yourself credit for positivity truly being something you've cultivated. If you it you might've already had the seed where you were going to take to positivity very well. But if you saw your mom and were like, I would like a different outcome, that means you made a decision and that yeah. positivity is in a sense, something you, you lived into. And I, I think that's great. Good for you. Yeah. It's, I can't, it's hard for me to describe myself and, and think of myself as this kind of person that, that you're saying, because it's just who I am. It's not mm. something I try to be. It's just mm. who I am, just, you know? Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. And, and I can see too with, and this is me, you know, uh, reading into your story, but if, if that was so, you know, this disease has been with you your whole life. Right. And that's part of the of, of dealing with doctors and medical stuff. So then for you to be like, well, I know my son and what, the the doctors are saying about my son isn't right so i'm going to keep pushing in a different direction i mean that that totally makes sense like you were you were ready to be corbin's mom oh, and yeah. to to get him what he needed yeah i mean it's it's hard you'd hear it cuz you think you're you know your kids are going to be perfect and mm. he is he's mm-hmm. perfect for who he is but it takes a while when you if you're a new parent and you find out that someone's on the spectrum, you think there's something wrong and broke mm. that you can fix and you can't, mm. fix. you just have to accept and find out the ways to make his life easier mm-hmm. and also to make your life easier living with someone with autism. Yeah. So you do what you have to do. What's something you wish people knew about autism or what's something that people get wrong? Well, I'll tell you, like, have you watched these shows with, like, the good doctor who plays an autistic doctor on TV? 
Yeah. And then there's this other show, um, Atypical. Okay. Mm. If you watch, he does a great, and the good doctor, he, Sean, does a, he's a, an okay portrayal of someone on the spectrum, but not really. There's just something he's missing. You know, there's just not quite right. Like they don't nail it. Mm. But the atypical show, I think the kid really has it. Okay. And it makes a difference. He reacts, you know, it's just, it's hard to pinpoint because everyone on the spectrum is totally different. Just like you and I. Yeah, so different. And you know, some quirks get like this big bag of, okay, this going to have anxiety or I'm going to have this or whatever for Corbin. But then this kid over here has a whole other thing, yeah. bag of tools or tricks. Yeah. So you can't, my, what I want to say is just be kind because you don't know everyone's story. It's a, I know everyone says that, but you don't know. Right. Like, you could be having the shittiest day and if someone goes, Hey, I really like your hair. It, it makes you feel good. Yeah. You know? So I feel I should return the favor to somebody, mm-hmm. you know? So I just started doing that. Like you just don't know what's going on in someone's lives yeah. and having an autistic kid isn't the end of the world. Mm. You know, it's, yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? They're your child. Mm-hmm. You just deal with it. Yeah. So. I um, what you were saying about it made me think of one of my brother's friends. He's amazing with um audio. Like he can go into a room and acoustic. He's he's amazing with acoustics. So he knows right. like exactly where to set up equipment and the kind of equipment needed. Um, he is also super sensitive to sounds. So right. going into a big box store, the fluorescent lights, he can hear them, and right. it is too much for him, and what you know extrapolating it to like what i wish people knew about asperger's autism is i think so much of in my experience which is limited and everyone is different but in my experience the things that the people that i know with autism spectrum the things that they need are maybe of a bigger magnitude than what the rest of us need but it is not different from what the rest of us need like we all have days where like I can't even stand the sound of goddamn lights right now. Like I need a warm blanket in a dark room. Like we all have that spot. And so if we made the world better for people with autism spectrum, like goddamn, we would all fucking benefit from it. Well, I think the whole world is set up for people on this spectrum now, like Mm. with texting and Mm. communicating this way Uh where you're in controlled environment, right? It's, it's, you can look up anything you need to know. You can watch anything on YouTube you want. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it's set up for a perfect world. Like mm. Corbin's been training for uh, the pandemic for his whole life. Like he, <laughs> he was fine. <laughs> he was totally fine. So yeah, I mean, everybody has to be in their own controlled environment to feel comfortable, I think. Right. So yeah. I think all the tech jobs, all that stuff is like, that wasn't there when we were kids mm-hmm. or I was a kid, mm-hmm. um, you know, it makes it so much easier to communicate. And actually yeah. like everyone texts now, even if you're in the next room, 
you know, people yeah. touch you. It's like you don't have to actually communicate and see someone's face, you know? Because it's it great. To me. Huh? Yeah, I think it's great. <laughs> so I think the world is is better place for autistic kids now than it was mm. 20 years ago. So maybe parents, a new parents that are newly facing this, maybe they don't need to like completely freak out. You don't need to freak out. I mean, you're going to freak out at uh -huh, first, uh -huh, uh -huh. but you can't focus on, oh, oh, poor me, you know, my kid's autistic. You just, and I don't think parents, a lot of parents do that. I think mm. they just get focused and figure it out. Yeah. Like Corbin was the first autistic kid to go to his, he went to second grade when we moved over to Santa Cruz. He's the first one in the school. So I made a whole binder full of resources for the teacher. Oh, fuck And I yes. gave it to her in the summer. So she set up the classroom appropriately for Corbin, but it's also good for other kids, kids with ADV, kids with whatever, learning disabilities, because as we've learned, people don't learn just one way. Right. Right? You may be a little, you know, distracted, or you can be dyslexic, or you can just be not challenged or overly stimulated you know there's all different ways to teach a classroom and she really she he had him for two she had him for two years and each year it was just more natural you know she yeah. she understood corbin which is great i think that makes so much sense for the classroom i think the stuff that my brother needs it is again and a broken record but it's just that it's stuff that neurotypical people that we've learned to hide exactly well we've learned these automatic responses right mm -hmm. when someone says hi you say hello or you say you know thank you mm -hmm. and please and all these automatic responses which is what some people try to force autistic right. children to learn mm -hmm. but that's just not then they're just having a robot right. you know he's not they're not really expressing themselves in the way they want and what was I going with this? I just feel like, I don't know what I was going to say. I totally lost it because I'm old. I just <laughs> that's what I was going to say. It was so there, there should be space. Though. There should be space for people not to not fit a box. That sounds so hokey, but like, let's be human together and right. come from things with a, a perspective of everyone might not have the surface level ways that they respond be the same. Right. And I think that's, like I said, I think that's true for all children. You know, you can't, you can't teach unless you're taught, you know, including everyone. And so you might have to say it a different way, you know? The teachers I know that are great, it's because they start with relationships and seeing, like truly seeing the students in front of them mm -hmm. and then they get to the learning. And I think if right. you make a, if you can make a space for kids on the spectrum in your classroom, you, then that's, that's building a muscle that you can use for students that come from a different language or a different culture or background or race than you. Right. Exactly. Same skill set. In, in my opinion, it's the same skill set. It's the ability to start with the person in front of you instead of starting with the rules. Exactly. Ask permission. <laughs> Don't ask permission. Ask for forgiveness. I'll say it again. Yes. And it's the same thing with so, Corbin. So, so 
every podcast we uh we have we have uh we, we like to end on, on on two special things yes we, we have a uh we we, re- we request a call to action from mm-hmm. our guest right that they that they put out there and and also let's uh to to give us uh their favorite charity that we can steer our our viewers and listeners towards yes. well you probably guess what mine's gonna be <laughs> no be kind you know, oh, very good one. I, I like the rock. I, I was ready to paint a rock, Kelly. <laughs> you should. You should. And the thing is, is be kind without expecting something back. Mm. Truly be nice. Mm-hmm. You know, like I give them a rock and, you know, they don't care. No one's giving me a rock. You know, like who cares? Do something from your heart. Like compliments are the best. You know, who doesn't love a compliment? That's true. It's They're my so favorite. Easy. Like if you're at the grocery store, tell the clerk, you know, hey, uh, I like your shirt. Although they all have the same shirts. Or you can say, your hair looks great today. Something personal that'll make them go, oh, you know. And I it- like that one. And I think that's a great like um, self-therapy fear-busting thing. Because the few times I've felt compelled to give a stranger a compliment, um, it's just they're always no matter how weird it feels to you to compliment a stranger or how weird it's felt to me, I've never gotten a bad response from someone. And it's like, it does like fucking light their face up. And you're like, well, yeah. that didn't cost me anything. And now I feel just like a little bit braver. Right. And you know, like, I don't like when people say I bought the, you know, I did the send up the, what is it called? Random acts of kindness. Mm. And then they put it out there and you tell people what you did that doesn't matter like every you're doing it you're doing it to be kind you're not like i said i'm not doing it to get something back and i don't like when people post when they do something nice because they're expecting people to go that was so kind of you you're so sweet you know that's that's not what i'm talking about just do compliments be kind and not expect anything in return so call to action step be kind and just like feel it in your heart, your gut, your spirit, like feel it and just like let that feeling fill you that right. do something kind. Give a compliment. Give I'm painting a, a rock. Every day. <laughs> I'm a rock. I'm painting a rock. I'm painting a rock. I'm leaving it. I don't care who gets it. And I think it's going to make someone very happy. Sweet. Yeah. Take a picture for me though. I, I am. Know what I you am. Paint. Okay, cool. okay, cool. What is a charity you would like people to support with a dollar, five dollars, 50? You know, I have to say the SBCA. It's sweet animal lovers. Uh, Once again, it's a recurring theme and we love it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we got our dogs from there and cats and they were all lovely. Some are gone. Some are still here. You know, it's great. They're awesome. Uh, There you go. So, so check out ASPCA uh, nationwide. But uh, do just do a search locally to support your local SPCA. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a quick SPCA your state. People your, know how to use phones. Your, it's your, fine. Your, your city, like well, no, apparently people don't because oh, okay. I, I <laughs> let's let's I, be kind. I, I'm I'm in I'm in a fan groups. I see the, the, the most ridiculous questions daily, and I'm just like, let that, me Google that for you. That's called Google. And so, so anyway, so if if we have listeners and viewers that are that that are not familiar with, you know what. So whole ethos of the show. Let's make space for different people. Yes. Type cool. in SPCA, your city and state. And guess what? Boom. You, 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 you will, you will, you will find the direction you need to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so shoot, shoot them $5, drop off a, a bag of dog food. Yep. So. 
or kitty litter kitty litter so it's all appreciated or go adopt a pet and i'm gonna add an action step um so this is like a platter that y'all can choose from bring up organ donation with a friend or family member yeah and just see where the conversation leads you because um it's helping people like roxy scarmichael yes kelly (laughs) um johnny's an organ donor i'm an organ donor and i'll say too if you uh, for parents uh, older people like my parents they're boomers they've done um they're donating their bodies to science when they mm-hmm. die That's so good. the benefit for people is like my parents organs and stuff will be used or it'll just they will be cadavers in an anatomy lesson sorry my family's really comfortable talking about death and corpses um <laughs> i've realized that not all families are that comfortable but the benefit for me and my brothers as children is once my parents die, we just call the donate. We just call the phone number, and like everything's taken care of. It's gonna, it's gonna be so much cheaper than a funeral. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be so much cheaper, and we'll know that their bodies went to help. So, right. my action step is bring up organ donation or donating your body to science with a friend or loved one, and just see where the conversation takes you. Yeah. I will say it's something my family's doing. Good, I like it. And I'm an organ donor, so good for you. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Kelly, how cool is this? It's, it's, I was really nervous. I know. Did, is, is all that nervousness gone? It, yeah, it's gone because I feel like I'm just talking to you and nobody else is listening. So, that's uh, well, well, sweet. Get- We're so good at this. <laughs> I know. Yes. Kelly said yes with less than 24 hours notice yeah. and while she was nervous. So, thank you for being <laughs> who you are and being a badass and saying yes, oh, Kelly. Well, I'm really glad to meet you. Yeah, you too. Yeah, Thank nice. you so much for this. I awesome. loved hearing your stories. Awesome. So, well, I uh, I will be seeing Lex soon. I yeah. will I will give him kisses to give to you. All right, and I'm giving kisses from him to give to you from me. Oh, sweet. There you go. Really weird. Oh, whole kiss train. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Thank you, Kelly. Kelly. I can't wait to see you in person. Yes. And uh, I think it's gonna be sooner than later. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I think maybe next summer. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Everybody, go do what you're supposed to do. Check out the show notes. That's right. That's right. So, and uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah. All right. Bye.